I'm not a queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 57. Yes. I forget I'm the wine not. Yeah. yeah. You are. That is uh, that is what you do. <laughs> or what I don't do. Or what you don't do is what you do do. Do-do. <laughs> <laughs> do I'm so mature. Uh, you know, speaking of do-do. Um, oh, please, let's do. It reminded me of something. <laughs> I forget where I heard this. boy, do I have a story for you about On yesterday. TikTok or a movie? I don't remember where I uh, where some somebody was given like advice, and the advice they gave, um, not every pee pee time is a poo poo time, but every poo poo time is a pee pee time. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's if you're doing it right, that's true. Good advice. Good advice. I believe I had that as an SAT question. As you should. It's proper. Anyway, you had a poo-poo story? (laughs) I don't think anybody wants to hear this. I don't think anybody wants to hear my poo-poo story. (laughs) Why do I feel like your brother is listening to this going, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Isn't he the one that that talked to you about about when you you talked about the chicken wings things? Yeah. Yeah. I got lectured when I got home. He's like, that is not proper podcast talk. You keep that potty mouth in the potty. Now. Anyway. So episode 57. Yeah. Like the, the hind sauce. Oh, yeah. yeah. We will talk go. about 57 flavors of things today. First one, Cabbage. Cabbage flavor. What if there, like, I gotta think, if there were, like, flavor, I don't know if this is still a thing, but when I was a kid, there was this thing they would do to gum, and they would give it flavors that it shouldn't have, and one of them was Dr. Pepper, Mm. so it was like a piece of gum, and if you bit into it, like, a little syrupy pouch of something would explode in your mouth, and it tasted like Dr. Pepper. There was an A&W root beer one, um, all kind of, like, cherry and stuff like that. The Dr. Pepper was a bad idea. If you were going to list flavors of gum that are a bad idea, I'm going to put cabbage right up yeah. there at the top. I, I like cabbage, but I do not want cabbage-flavored gum. You're right. Very accurate. I feel like it would have to be raw cabbage-flavored. Mm, I don't know. I'm, maybe like a, um, oh, what's that dish everybody makes every year around Green Day? Not the band, but the day. Um, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. Corned beef and cabbage. <clears throat> corned beef and cabbage. If I'm going to have gum, it's got to oh have a hint God. of corned beef in there, too. Sounds so, 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 so gross. Mm. Corned beef, cabbage, maybe a little bit of uh, carrots and potatoes in there. Yeah. That makes me curious. What's the worst flavor of gum you've ever had? Oh. I don't know. I mean, isn't gum just bubblegum flavored? I mean, I know there's other flavors, but I've never been. I've never ventured out of bubblegum flavored bubblegum. <laughs> Spearmint, like I guess. Bazooka. Oh, the, what's the cinnamon one? Winter fresh. Oh, uh, big red. Big red. Don't care for the cinnamon. Either. Oh, I do kind of like that. Too much cinnamon. It was, um, you know, what, for me it was Dr Pepper. It did it, and I couldn't drink Dr Pepper after that. Yeah, it just didn't belong in a very thick concentrated syrup exploding uh, in my mouth. Um, this is not gum, but uh, they used to have peach flavored Twizzlers. Twizz. I don't know if they still do, but they used to have like different fruit flavored Twizzlers outside of their normal Twizzler. And they had peach, and I was uh, stationed in Aviano at the time. I was in the Air Force, 
and I got a package of that. Me and my friends went to the store before we went to the bar, and I ate those, then went to the bar. And by the end of the night, had thrown the whole thing up, and for years, I could eat nothing peach-related. Oh. Yeah. I think um, I have a, a, a roommate in college who got drunk on peach snops and threw up everywhere. Ah, uh, Could yeah. no longer have peach. Yeah. Yeah. I have similar stories like that, but with um, Goldschlager and tequila. Not at the same time, but separate stories. See, now I have, in my day, I guess this is what makes me an alcoholic, right? And it makes everyone else normal, is that I have had those nights, especially with Goldschlager. I mean, 1999 into 2000 mm. at midnight. We were a classy generation. Our our drinks had f- speckles of gold in it. We were classy. <laughs> uh, but a, a friend of mine and I decided, because I had brought a bottle of Goldschlager to this party, at midnight, everybody had champagne bottles, and they were turning up champagne bottles. Mm-mm. Not you. Goldschlager. Mm. It was... I mean, it was a train the wreck. The champagne after that. of schlagers. I, I mean, this is a story that could go on for an hour and a half about the the tragedy that was that night from the moment that we turned that bottle upside down, and it was. I mean, I was there was like this thing where I was yelling at cab drivers in New York, and then they were screaming at me, and people falling, you know, a trip down the stairs, all kinds of craziness. Um, which is probably why I shouldn't drink anymore. But even after all that. I could have had a shot at Goldschlager the next day. It would not have faced me. How happy are you that smartphones were not a thing back during your drinking days, like the heavy days in I, New York? I feel like we talked about this on the podcast. I'm not sure if we talked about it on here, um, but I was at a bar once with some friends who had a phone um, and recorded a video of me trying to take a T-shirt off underneath um, a pullover thing I was wearing, and... I mean, I was like, I was wasted and was having difficulty with it. So I just started hamming it up. And I'm like, if that video ever surfaces, mm. <laughs> I will burn down everything. What year are we talking? I'm not telling. And I'm not even going to say who it was that is has it, the video. Is it pre-iPhone? Is it flip phone? Because if it's a video on nah. a flip phone, I think you're safe. No, I mean, iPhones were, I mean, smartphones were out when I was drinking. I mean, that was just yeah. eight years ago. And we're, so you're at Samsung 15. <laughs> yeah, well, 2008, I think, is when iPhone came out, and that was kind of the first smartphone yeah. recording and all that. So, yeah, you had a few years. Yeah, but... so a few years. So Oh, because, I, yeah, I used to take <laughs> pictures of my beers. This is for my status updates. So I take pictures of beer at 5 o'clock or 3.30 in the afternoon and post them and say, oh, my night started or my weekend started or, you know, every day. It's like On beer, the Facebook? beer, beer. On the Facebook. Yeah. It's funny when those memories pop up. Yeah. But anyway, so I didn't. I never really got so sick of something. But I also didn't drink flavored things. Yeah. So it's not like I had like, you know, what is it? Ross drinks and likes Midori. <laughs> no, what's the oh, what's it? the melon liqueur? Like the green one. Oh, I, I don't know. I know it was a melon. I think it's Midori or something. Drinking. Yeah. Anyway, that's a nice little trip down. Fun, really. So I like for people to reach out to us. What is the most disgusting gum that you've ever had? Yeah, shoot us a thing on uh, on social. Or socials. what's a flavor you threw up and can't eat anymore? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> what did you drink and now you can't anymore? I know um, we have one listener who can't drink uh, Bacardi. Hmm. I know we have at least one. I won't one say her name, but I'll give you her initials. Only Bacardi. Jen. Nice. That's. I mean, <laughs> I only know so many people. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> one. Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that this weekend. 
You and Jen? Um, no, I was talking to somebody else about Jen. They asked how she was doing, and I was like, fine. And then um, they they were having a conversation about about getting bridge teams together. Have you ever played bridge? No. It sounds I've, complicated. I've played um, spades. Yes. And I have played may I? Um, those are two the two games that I mostly played growing up. Yeah. So spades is like you is like one suit that is the important suit. Yeah. But I guess in bridge, all four of them have different meanings and do different things. So they were talking about having bridge clubs and 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 teams and stuff like that. And when they asked me how Jen was doing, I said she's good. And they're like, oh, she doesn't mind watching the dogs while y'all are up here. And I'm like, no. I was like, you know that problem that you have? Like, do you have enough space for people on a bridge team? Jim would never have that problem. <laughs> she would never be able to field the bridge team. How many um, are on a bridge team? Four. Oh, Jen. <laughs> but I don't think she cares. No. No, she's very if, happy. If with Jen her wants life. to start bridge, me and Chris will come over. And then I assume you, and there we have a bridge club. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's delightful. So, yeah, what'd you yeah. do this week? <clears throat> the whole week. Do you remember? Do we ever talk about what you did during the week or just always on the weekend? I mean, I have I have a, the memory of a goldfish, so <laughs> outside of the weekend, because we record these on Mondays, so Saturday and Sunday kind of stick out. Friday, occasionally, we're pushing it with Thursday. Um, although we did, uh, Watermark had their third Thursday on, on Thursday. Oh, how was that? So that was fun. We had it at Savoy. Um, I won, uh, normally cause we do the raffles and, and, uh, do the giveaways and normally I will, I'll bring cash and I'll get, you know, $20 worth of tickets or whatever and try to win some, uh, some raffle prizes. All they had on me was a $5, uh, bill. So, uh, it's $5 for one ticket. So I said, I'll take one ticket and I'm sitting there. Uh, Chris was down. So he was, uh, he was hanging out with me and, uh, the very first ticket they pulled, it was my ticket, my one lonely ticket. I don't know why that can't work for me for the lotto. I was going to say, you should have saved that luck for the lotto. <laughs> yeah. It's 500 million tonight. Ooh, I'm going to go buy one ticket. Um, oh, I mean, it's 1 million. No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to but... discourage you from taking away my chances <laughs> of winning. Um, but, uh, I won a gift bag from the center. So it had a coffee club, a uh, coffee club, a coffee cup, a shot glass, a water bottle. So everything to keep me hydrated. Um, and then it came in this really cool bag. Um, it's like a jean material. And then after that, me and Chris went and got dinner. And I realized, because we walked down to White Wolf Cafe, and as we were walking in, I realized that um, I looked like his wife because I had my old man sweater on and I'm carrying my purse. And uh, I'm like, let's eat outside. It's such a nice night. <laughs> so they're probably like, oh, God, the homos are here. I picture you as Nathan Lane um, when he's going to that bakery at the beginning of, um, of uh, what's it called? Uh, Birdcage. Birdcage, yeah. Have I ever told you yes. that my mother loves the Birdcage and loves Nathan Lane, and nothing would make her happier than me to turn out like Nathan Lane from that movie? Okay, two things. First of all, Nathan Lane, if you're listening. Give Jeremy I think call. he's married. Uh, well, but if you mind. aren't, I mean, my mother would love you more than me. Here's how you fix this. Show her Dicks the Musical. Oh. <laughs> no, my mother, no. I saw somebody- If you're listening, Ma, put the remote down. <laughs> Trust me. Do not do watch not that watch. movie. Somebody watched it. I saw there on, on Facebook, somebody had said that they watched it, and they were like, really interesting movie. Uh, Megan Mullally was amazing. And I just thought, did we watch the same movie? She she is good, but she's got that lispy thing yeah. and the whole thing, and it's there, just- 
they're all delightfully campy and weird in it. But I'm I don't understand why, and I feel like if our if our community would just listen just for a second, <laughs> I feel like the gays think campy and over the top automatically means good <laughs> and unfortunately it does not always now if you listen to this podcast while you're folding laundry i want you to stop folding your laundry <laughs> just listen just listen just turn it up it's just, okay you are in a safe space doesn't mean it's good just listen <laughs> put the dicks down <laughs> <laughs> say no to dicks <laughs> Um, I mean, I get it. There's some weird shit that I like. Um, there's a movie on Netflix, and I will get the name in next episode. I'll, uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the name of the movie that me and Chris have watched. That is weird. That everybody we have shown this movie to thinks that it makes them think less of us that we show <laughs> them this movie. But it's like um, uh, interconnected stories. But one of them is a, it, it's all in Spanish. It's not naked boy singing? No. And it's, <laughs> the lady um, was born where with her anus where her mouth is and her mouth mm. where her anus is. I already think less of you. Um, there's it. one, uh, it's a, one of the little, the characters is a twink who wants his legs cut off so he can be a mermaid. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Ryan's favorite scene. <laughs> I mean, does he not realize he could be a mermaid anyway? Just put your legs in the fin. You don't have to cut them oh, off. Oh no, he wants an actual. He wants surgery done. Oh, um, it's just all these. Is weird that technology <laughs> um, available in this movie? In this movie, it is. All right. Um, but uh, it's all these weird kind of uh, odd characters, and uh, it's the their stories are like weaved together. Um, but like the the butthole mouth lady <laughs> goes to the restaurant, and she orders soup, and then she takes a funnel and a hose, and she sticks it up her ask because that's where her mouth is and she pours the soup down um and it's just the weirdest does she go (laughs) (laughs) when i say her mouth is a butthole it is it looks like an actual butthole she coughs and you know that's not a cough it's not a cough (laughs) um it's a weird movie hopefully she doesn't sit on a head of cabbage um but yeah so i understand that there are movies people like that are just weird and not good movies. But Dix is just not a good movie. You know, we have a movie that we like that is terrible, uh, and it's not good, and there's no redeeming quality. Room. Rooms. Oh, that's true. But that's we, we watch that because we know that it's yeah. terrible. I feel like people watch Dix, and they're like, mm, good cinema. <laughs> and it's not. But, you know, to each yeah. their own. I mean, yeah. You can't watch a movie and think it's good cinema. If the people who created this movie are laughing about the fact that somebody let them do it. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Take that, A24. does remind me of the thing we're going to talk about later, which is exciting. Oh, so at Third Thursday, you got to meet you got to meet one oh, of our yeah. fans. You one met of, Lee, uh, right? Uh, that's Lee. his name? I feel like it's Lee. I'm drawing a blank now. But yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but yeah, stopped in, uh, said hi, loves the show. His name is either Lee. Or he's, or he's from, he's Leesburg. from Leesburg. <laughs> I do not know which one it is. But if I was there, I would remember. Yeah. Well, sure. you weren't. But Thanks. I wasn't, so I can't. So no one knows. <laughs> I can't believe that you're... So it was like, it was like he came out specifically to, yeah, to meet Yeah, he came out to, to, meet us. to say hi and uh, let us know that he uh, that he loves the show. Love it. So, Thanks uh, for listening. We really appreciate yeah. it. Um, but you, last week, 
there is something that you did that you're not telling people about. And it's because you don't remember these things. But you did bring up, I think on this podcast, that you would be doing this. So I would like for you to tell everybody how it was. You, What did you do on Valentine's Day? <gasps> oh, my God. We... <laughs> I don't know how I Because there's a photo. This. And there's photographic evidence of what you did on Valentine's Day. And there is somebody in that photo that does not look he, like they were enjoying it. Let's say that, um, I'll just say that he went along because me and Joey were going. And we were like, oh, it'll be a roommate thing. And did he move out? <laughs> he was, um, he was intrigued. He was like, I want to see what this is. Um, but I also gave him a list of rules of things he could not do while oh. we were in there. And I think that's what that face <laughs> is. Like I, I lectured him like when a, uh, a mother takes her children into the grocery store. It's like, listen, you're not going to do this, this and this, or I will drag you out of there. And so I think that was a face of him being like, I'm not allowed to do anything. <laughs> um, but we went and watched uh, Micro Wrestling Federation, which are uh, little people wrestling um, at the Wing Shack in Orlando. Uh, on Michigan and Conway. Um, and if you've ever been there, I when I first saw this um, and got the tickets and I saw it was in a wing shack, I have never been to wing shack, but I have been to wing house and I assumed that they were the same thing. And I was like, how the hell are they going to get a ring? Like, because into- there's, there's one on Michigan in 436. <laughs> there's a wing something. Is that a wing shack? On Michigan I get, That's where and- I get my wings at the Super Bowl. It's like uh, on Michigan in 436. Oh, that is a wing house. Yes. I believe oh, okay. that is a wing house. Okay. Yeah. Wing yeah, yeah. shack. Much bigger. Okay. I'm assuming the space that they had the ring. So you walk in and you've got the bar here and you got some pool tables over to the right. And uh, off to the left is just a big area that I think they do concerts there because it looks like there's a little stage. But then they had a ring wrestling ring set up for... Um, micro wrestlers is what they call them. Is it? Is it a? What's the size of this ring compared to like WWE? Oh, it's smaller than a WWE ring. Obviously, <laughs> I would say probably ten feet by ten feet square. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's that's really that's like eight feet by eight like a feet. pride booth. It's like we could do this in our pride booth. Maybe yes, yes. Um, it is up like a wrestling ring, so it looks bigger, but it is, it's to their size. Now, um, if you have been to the Wing Shack, you know that the, the roof is kind of low. It's not a very high ceiling. Um, and they have ceiling fans. So whenever the little wrestler would climb to the top rope, you'd have to move the blade of the fan, <laughs> the fan away so he could jump into his move. Um so thankfully the fans weren't on. Yeah, no no ceiling I fans feel like for you that gotta event. I put that element of danger in there and turn those fans on next I time. I thought it yeah, I was like cuz like if you watch WWE, you know they do like themed matches. So they have like Hell in the Cell where it's a cage match where you're locked in. They have a table and chairs match where you're allowed to use all the tables and chairs to hit your opponents with. Um they have a buried alive match where you have to the you win the match by putting them in a casket and then closing the lid on them. Why not have a ceiling fan match where you turn all the ceiling fans on and you can only win by jumping off the top rope uh, to use a finisher move and not get hit by the ceiling fans. You have or to dodge like them. you jump on, you grab onto one and it spins you around and it gives you the momentum when you let go. You're like two I, feet in the face of your opponent. I think there was a lot of missed opportunities there. Um, but it was a good time. Uh, uh, it was. Uh, it, I had a blast. Now, um, I'm not going to ask you if it was fake or not. But on a level, 
of real to not so real? How did it come across? I mean, did you watch wrestling as a kid or did you I watch sure wrestling? I sure did. I did. Like I do not anymore. Did you ever watch wrestling and think this is real? Well, I, I never watched wrestling as a child and thought it wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I oh gee, I don't want to sound like an idiot here, but oh, <laughs> like no. you're like really moron. Yeah, no, like when they when Hacksaw Jim Duggan walked out with a two by four and it had, and it got all cross eyed and stuck his tongue out and was like, oh, I thought he was going to, I thought he was ready to go. Oh no, I when always... you hit somebody with a table, that's real. <clears throat> no, no, I mean, I I always assumed it was acting, like you know, stunt work. Never occurred to me. Um, so in that aspect, when I went, it looked like. WWE wrestling. They did moves and they looked like they hit each other. Um, but they did like the over dramatic, like when you hit the ground and like, ah, and rolling around and holding their back. I mean, come on. Come on. Ryan does that when he takes his socks out of the dryer. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it happens to us all as we get older. Uh, but it was a really good time. It was a lot of fun. There was a WWE wrestler who was there uh, in the crowd. I don't watch wrestling uh, now uh, like I did when I was a kid. So I have no idea who he is. But my brother, uh, Joey, watches it, <clears throat> and he informed me, he told me the guy's name, and I can't remember it now, but um, he did inform me that he is one half of the tag team champions, so if that's, if you know who right. that is, and um, his tag team partner is- Wait, is that their name, or are they the tag team champions? No, they are the tag team champions. Oh, what a great name, um, if that yeah. was your name. Like, my the name of our tag team is the tag team champions. That's, that's, yeah. that's really, uh, that way everybody thinks you win. Yeah. Um, but his partner is Finn Baylor, who is the one a few years ago um, was in the news, uh, specifically in LGBT media, because he was wearing the rainbow boots in support of LGBTQ uh, folks. So uh, good for him. N- again, another thing that would never have happened when I was a kid watching wrestling. Oh, yeah. I remember when I watched and Goldust. You remember Goldust? I do not. He was dressed in the gold bodysuit and he was from Hollywood. Looked like a giant Oscar. Um, and it was your favorite. I did enjoy him. Yes. Um, he would go around, he would like put a sleeper move on him and then he would kiss the guy and people were like, no queer. And, uh, he got asked by Jerry Lawler. He goes, well, you're a little, you know, and he goes, I'm not. And then he beat him up and everybody's like, yeah, beat him up for thinking that you're queer. (laughs) Did he he kiss him afterwards? No, he just beat him up and then stormed away. Upset that someone assumed he was gay. What a even though he kissed his men. Um, so, uh, so yeah, they they would not have had the the rainbow boots back then. Um, but it was a really good time. I enjoyed it. Next time it's in town, uh, I really think that Watermark should do uh, a, a retreat, and uh, we'll all go to micro wrestling. You know, somebody just came oh, into this room. Oh, sorry, I'm being told. Oh, that's that's a different federation, but it's the same thing. Micromania Wrestling will be at the Florida Fairgrounds February 29th through March 1st. Oh, well, here's how we're going to combine these two ideas, because earlier someone came into this room and suggested that Watermark employees do a turnabout. So what I'm going to suggest is that we partner with Micro Wrestling and that we do a turnabout as the people that hold up the numbers, <laughs> like in between the 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 ring, yeah, the ring cards, and you walk. Well, that's around. a boxing thing, but we could we could we can make it that. work. Um, now they did have in the beginning before Danny they, goes first. <laughs> before they had the matches, they did have um, a micro wrestler who, because of a bone deteriorating disease that he has, cannot wrestle. So instead, he came out and he sang songs 
and did a mini concert beforehand. When you say questions, yes, go ahead. <laughs> I'm here to answer them. When you say a mini concert, a mini as in three songs, not a mini as a he's a tiny person. Poor choice of words. Yes, three songs. Did did a an abridged concert before the matches started. Um, and uh, maybe I'll upload it. I took some video, and I took some photos. Did you take a video of the singing? I did. Was it good? I took some video of the singing. <laughs> that- it was a fine. It was fine. It was good. It was rock. It was it was a rocker. He's a, a metalhead. So oh, if you like oh. heavy metal, you probably would like it. I will not be attending this event when it comes back. Um, now, yeah, if you, well, now, if somebody's going to get up there and sing some Barry Manilow, I'm all about it. Nah, there was no Barry Manilow. <laughs> they did tell us all to stand up, and they're like, there was an American flag and stuck in one of the, the posts on the ring. And they're like, stand up. We're going to do the national anthem. And uh, um, there was no kneeling, if you get my drift, the type of people who go to this event. I always find it, you know, um, <clears throat> as of late, I sort of have this heightened um, awareness of um, things that happen that affect people with disabilities. Yeah. When in when people like just kind of don't think about that I do. So I will never in in a microphone yell stand up to a crowd of people. Yeah. Cuz I've seen it happen a couple of times and like sometimes people say why aren't you standing up? And the person is in a wheelchair and, and can't stand up. Yeah, this is not that- the kind of room where that would be brought up. In fact, the guy who sung was in a wheelchair. And he got out of the wheelchair. <laughs> that is a micro wrestling miracle. I can't, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this event. You almost, and you were going to just skip right over this. You were going to totally tell us anything forgot. about it. I felt uh, the euphoria that I felt that day is not something I experience all the time, but I thought it was a fever dream, but it did happen. <laughs> um, it was a blast. I loved it. I don't know if Chris will go back. Joey might go back. I plan on going every time they're at the Wing Shack. How are the wings? The wings are really good. Yeah, I mean, go they're for, called I'd the Wing the wings. Shack. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if their wings sucked. It's like, you might want to change your name. Maybe to Micro Shack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that's what I did. How was, how was your week? Thanks. Thanks for moving us beyond that conversation <laughs> before we get, before this becomes our last podcast. <laughs> um, my week was good. <clears throat> yeah. It was just busy. It wasn't as busy as the week before, but it was busy. Yeah. Um, I did, I did go to Valentine's Day dinner with my husband. Oh. We had a good time. I won't say where we went. But I'll just say I had fish, and there were no bones in it. Does that help? No. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you went to McDonald's it was, a fish fillet. It was bonefish. Oh, it was bonefish. <laughs> it was bonefish. I was thinking you got a fish fillet at McDonald's. <laughs> uh, so we went to bonefish. Have you ever been? Yeah. Are you yeah, a fan? Yeah. Chris loves the bonefish. So every time we're going out, he's like, let's go to bonefish. And I think it's fine. I just think there's like 15 other restaurants I'd rather go to. So we usually have a back and forth. Sometimes I concede and we go. Have you been there enough that you have a dish that you order when you go? 
That's the one with the bang bang shrimp, yeah? Yes. I like the bang bang shrimp. So they have this thing called Lily's Chicken. And it's like chicken with goat cheese and spices and stuff on it. But you can get that and sub the chicken for salmon. It is insanely delicious. It is the best thing that they have, and I love it. Hmm. Uh, so we go there, and we had this delightful waiter who had convinced me to get something else. I forget what it was. Grouper. He said they now have grouper, and it was like this like garlic lemon butter sauce on it, which I then immediately assumed would be like, you know, butter color. But now it was tomatoey. And that kind of threw me off. But um, it was good. It was so good. Yeah. But we had a good time. The waiter was great. Um, it was lovely. Um, my husband, Dylan, did not play by the rules. The rules were we were just going to get each other cards. We mm. weren't going to buy each other presents. And I adhered to that rule. Oh, nobody adheres to the rules. He broke the rules because he's amazing. And I did not break the rules <laughs> because I suck. I have to follow the rules. I don't know what it is. But it was just like, you know... Because we've got this, and the next month is like the anniversary when we started dating, and then the month after that is the anniversary of our like our anniversary of getting married. I'll just and say just, this as somebody who's never been married, so take it with a grain of salt. I'm pretty sure once you get married, you can stop celebrating all those other stupid anniversaries. I'm just gonna open this door over here, and I'm gonna just yell it out real loud. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't have to celebrate the first time he gave you a foot rub anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like uh, it's not like Sofia Vergamo's character in in um, Modern Family, oh. where they think she celebrates. This is the this is the first time we opened a soda in each other's presence. <laughs> like, no, it's not anything like that. And it's fine. We just it, it's great because it creates a like a specific <clears throat> date night each month. Leading, so it's all good. Um, but it was like we don't have to buy each other stuff for all. We just got on my birthday. It just happened. Yeah. Like, no, so but he he got me this shirt which I love. I think I don't know if I told you this, but a couple months ago for some for some present exchange thing, he made a shirt for me that's like this pink shirt and it's got glittery letters that says trophy husband on it and it's hilarious and I love that shirt. And he's like, mm-hmm. "I just thought it'd be really cute for you to wear around the house." I'm like, "No. I wear that shirt out in public all the time." And what's terrible is like cuz I've gotten bigger, so it's like like oh god it's just it's like this ginormous because he's like he bought it as an extra large so it's something that i could just lounge around in but i wear it out so i have this extra large shirt that like just rests on this stomach that i'm selling it's so gross and it's like you know trophy wife but or trophy husband but people comment on it all the time i love it so he bought me another shirt um but this time it says because i have a puggle right that i love um second the thing that I love second most in this world is this puggle. And it says, uh, every day I'm puggling. So that's cute. But he also got me this. Um, I've always wanted to grow everything that I need to make guacamole and salsa. Like, that's my goal in life. And I just want to eat guacamole and salsa and chips forever. Uh, and so he got me, like, a raised uh, herb garden. Oh, very nice. Which is very nice. Uh, I haven't put anything in it yet, um, but it was nice. So he's, his way out of it, of saying he didn't cheat by buying me a present, was that that's for both of us. All right. Works for me. All right. Nice. Did I tell you about my couch table? No. I made a couch table. You did? I love it. Oh, tell us about it. I, I will. <laughs> I, these things, I, this is my life, right? It's, like, it's not as exciting as going out to Wing Shack and witnessing micro-wrestling, but- Listen. Listen. If four tiny people didn't build this table, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I think the words you're looking for are little, 
That's what I said. Four little people. He's a tiny. I don't Did think, I? Yes. I don't think. Anyway, um, so it's this it's this uh, table that goes along the back of the couch. Like the, we have this really long couch, which is why I made it instead of buying them because you can only buy them in certain size and it wouldn't cover the whole length of it. So I just made this. It's just like six, five and a half inches, six inches wide um, table that runs along the whole back thing. And I put outlets in it. It's got USB-C, USB-A and outlets and all that stuff. It's gorgeous. I love it. I'll put a picture of it on our socials there you go for the fans <clears throat> you throw a picture of your tables i'll throw a picture of my wrestlers and we'll see who gets more likes <laughs> <laughs> well we'll know who i don't know i was gonna make some joke that was highly inappropriate so i'll stop um so we did that we went to boca for the weekend we went to visit dylan's aunt and uncle i think you may have met them at the wedding mm, uncle maybe uncleville maybe I don't remember. I, if, it, if your wedding didn't happen this past weekend, I'm very fuzzy on details. It was before details. Valentine's Day, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but they're delightful. They were in Boca. They're, they they spend like, I don't know, three months. They spent three months in, in Boca to get away from the wintery. They're originally from where? They're, they live in um, a little bit, little bit up from Manhattan. Oh, they're the ones who live York. in New York. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're just delightful. They have this golden doodle. The Broadway ones. Yes. yes. They have this golden doodle named Rufus. And I just love dogs. I love Rufus. Made a good time. Nice, nice. It's fun, right? Yeah. To I love my car. By the way, have we talked about? I love my car. Uh-huh. It's a it's a Hyundai Kona electric, and it's fantastic. It's got so many noises that it makes. People would comment as they walk by my car, and I've got it. If the power's on and it's just not going anywhere, it it makes this noise. It's like singing, and people walk by and they're like, "Is your car singing?" I'm like, mm-hmm, "You're welcome," but I love it. When I don't necessarily love it, love it, is when I drive more than 200 miles. Yeah. So, uh, like, on the way back, like, we had, on the way there, we had to stop, and we put some some time into it. But it was, like, 30-minute stop. It wasn't that big of a deal. But on the way back, we had to stop, and it was, like, an hour uh, at a charge station. Because, mm. you know, you can only fill it up 80% when you're using fast charging, so it gets a little meh. Mm. But it's all right. <clears throat> But the shows, the shows are back on. The shows, my shows, my stories, as I like to call them. So I spent a lot of time this week watching those. Nice. Which makes me feel like the world is in order. Helps keep you balanced. Except for one of the shows that I'm forced to watch that I don't really enjoy. But everything I get to watch all my my FBI's were all new. I finished True Detective, which I'm. I will say this about it because you're gonna watch that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I really care for the way it ended. Not like it was bad or so anything. So it's done, done. Yeah, it's done. It's only a it's six episode season. That's oh, it. Gotcha. But it's like it's such an interesting show. And then I liken it like this: you see a magic trick, and you're like, "That's so cool." And then somebody tells you how they do it, and you're like, "That's annoying." And it was kind of like that. There was like this mm. great mystery about the whole thing, and as soon as you find out what it what it actually had happened, then you're just like, "Oh, all right, yeah." But well, it's a good show. I think it's very. It's a great show, though. I mean, that's what Jodie Foster's great in it, and I don't know. I, I, I forget the 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 co-star's name, but it was really good. It does like the the second to last episode, intense, fantastic, and intense, and same with the last one, right up until the big reveal. But anyway, nice. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of TV, but I did watch a shit ton of movies this past week. I'm trying to catch up for the Oscars. 
Um, so aside from rewatching Oppenheimer and Barbie, which are both on streaming now, um, finally caught Killers of Flower Moon, um, watched The Color Purple, uh, watched American Fiction, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, Past Lives, and Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Who has Past Lives? So good. Yeah? So good. If you have um, Paramount Plus with the Showtime add-on, mm-hmm. it is uh, it is on Showtime right now. Um, I was real impressed with it. I'm going to have to watch a movie every night. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, we talked about this last week. You have um, action movies and you have um, talking movies, dialogue movies. I forget what we call them. We had action. I feel like it began with an A. What were the talkies? No. It was like action and, ah, (laughs) talking. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But Past Lives is definitely a talking movie. There's not a whole lot of action, but um, if you ever saw the Before Sunset, Before Midnight, before Sunrise trilogy, uh, with Ethan Hawke. No, I'm gonna, I'm I, gonna say by your face, you have not I seen that. For a second there, I was concerned that you might be having a stroke. <laughs> um, there's a trilogy of movies. They're the Before trilogy. It's Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Out, not in that order. Um, but uh, it's. I'm uh, more in. A, I'm more of an After Sunset person. I hear you. Um, but yeah, it's the great movie. Um, I really love Past Lives. Killers of a Flower Moon was. Um, I was nervous about watching that one because of the length, um, but it's. I, I looked it up. It's four minutes shorter than The Irishman, so I was like, "Oh, I could do that." I did The Irishman. What did you do with all that extra time? I know, <laughs> um, but I was really. The movie is really good. Um, Martin Scorsese is just, you know, one of the greatest directors and movie ma- filmmakers of uh, of ever, and uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Not going to win nothing, but it was fantastic. You know, one of the reasons that I really like. Um Dylan's aunt and uncle is that they're like really into like they like good shows and like we, we talk a lot about Broadway we know a lot of that they're big fans of opera um, but we got into a big conversation about movies and the because I you know I mentioned that we're, we're trying to watch all the Oscar movies and they do the same thing and we got to talking about an anatomy of a fall mm-hmm. just went on and on and on about how incredible it was now they had seen the night before we got there they saw American Fiction which I watched last night and we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, and so we, you know, we got to talk about that. I can only talk about the premise of it at the time though. Yeah. Until now. Until now. But before we talk about that, shall we talk about this thing? It's so interesting. You, I, when we were talking about, like when we were covering week by week, um, so fierce. Yeah. I think that was, that was before, was that before Caitlin's time? Possibly, you weren't sitting yeah. in the room when we were talking about so fierce. You would remember because, we did not enjoy that show that much. Uh, it's a reality show. It's a reality I'm show. I'm not a huge reality fan. But it was, I mean, I would watch that season over again of So Fierce if we could stop watching Feud. <laughs> it's just not, I, I would say this about it. I, I think that the women in it are so talented. And if you could promise me some more Demi Moore scenes um, or whatever, and I could fast forward through the Capote scenes, I would be fine. Um, I just, I'm way not interested in him. I'm interested in their dynamics with each other, but I, I often find myself falling asleep. Yeah. It's a good show. It's just not. Yeah. I'll do you one better. Um, it is not a good show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's funny because I pulled up the information for this episode and the title of this episode is it's impossible. 
and I think they knew by the time you reached to get this, through it, this this episode, it was going to be impossible for anyone to want to finish this show. This is like uh, when when we first started this podcast, you you told me like because we were we would talk about a movie or a TV show, and I would have four pages of notes to to talk about. And you would tell me you need to whittle that down because we're this is when we were confined to an hour, yeah. and you're like, you got to cut that down. So I when I like something, it's pages and pages, and I like I'll, I'll write down the quotes and things that I like. Here's what I wrote down. I don't know if they can see that. You have two lines. There are two comments. That's all I wrote down because that's all that I could either stomach to stay awake for. Um, and actually, one of them is a comment about the credits. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beginning credits. It's like it's so, you know. I just it. I disagree with you that it's a that it's not a good show. I think it is. I think the talent in this show is insanely incredible. There's just something about it. I don't know if it's the writing or the directing or the way it's put together. Uh, I just like I really didn't like the last the last um, episode three. Yeah. The, the the black and white documentary. I did not enjoy that. Um, but I just need something to happen. Yeah. You know, I will say, action? and I agree with you that this is a talented cast, but I will also say I have seen a lot of talented actors and actresses act their way in a lot of shit. Like terrible like, well, shit. Well, like the musical. Um, and this is just, it's not well written. It's not well directed. And I don't know if you watched the first season, the uh, Joan Crawford versus I hear um, it was amazing. Betty Davis. It was good. And I think it's because. Pe- more people know who those two are. I'm, I'm not going to say that nobody knows who Truman Capote is, but I don't think he carries the same sort of celebrity status that Betty Davis and Joan Crawford did, and certainly none of the Swans do. And I don't think this is the story because the whole point of this, and I can't see if you can find it, Caitlin, but I feel like this was supposed to be a different feud. Like season two was going to be a different story and they changed it up because Ryan Murphy's like, I want to talk about Truman Capote and the Swans, but it was going to be something else. And I feel like like the Betty Davis, Joan Crawford feud was something that people knew about and were excited about. Um, I don't think people care about this story. Do you know what I would be interested in watching a feud of would be like Joan Rivers and Jay Leno. Yes. Like fighting for the or Joan Rivers show. and um, uh, Johnny Carson after he oh, right. stopped talking to her, right? Um, or Conan O'Brien and Jay Leno. Oh um, yeah, uh, just yes. Yeah, so, or uh, 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 Ryan Murphy and anyone else he's worked with because <laughs> I just I am not interested in this, and I'm sorry. This is horrible to say. The only time I enjoy this show is when John punches Capote in the face. That's the only time it makes me laugh. <laughs> I was talking to um, D- Dylan's relatives over the weekend because they were huge fans of the first season of yeah, Feud. And I was so talking good. to them about the second season. And I said that it is difficult to watch at times. Um, and I said, we talk about it on the podcast every week. And the co-host of the show only enjoys the parts where Capote's getting punched. Yeah. <laughs> So it was supposed to be something else. It was supposed to be the Princess Diana story. Uh, well, I got to be honest with you. I'm glad that they didn't do that because it's everywhere right now. I got to be honest. I'd rather watch that. I'd rather, if they took this show and they said, feud, Diana versus the paparazzi, and all they did was play the news footage in 97 when she died, <laughs> still be better than this show. <laughs> and Charles doesn't have, 
What if it? What if he was? What if Charles was like, no, I'm sorry, Diana. I'm like, I just oh my god, I can't believe Diana died. Oh, oh my god, I'm gonna have to tell William and Harry. Where's Camilla? Um. Yeah, so, so anyway. I mean, for those who are interested, run through the show real quick. My for, Yeah, my first, so in the credits. Yes. This is my first comment. I said, did you, you're going to love this. Now, yeah, because you, you mentioned this to me. I always fast forward through the credits. Yeah, and I, I watch them this time. But at the 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 end of the opening credits, the, it's because it's like it's like an animated thing where there are cartoonish figures, and at the end of it, there's just an outline of Capote's like glasses and hat or whatever, and then this fist comes out of nowhere punches and him punches him in, in the face. And I thought Jeremy must love that. But I loved it. it. Um, so it opens with uh, Babe finding out that the cancer's not going away. The, the radiation's not working and she's going to die. Um, so the the whole episode is her kind of um, kind of just burying the hatchet with everyone in her life because she knows that she's going to die. Um, well, it, it, may I say this? You may. may thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving me the floor. Um, the... This is where I disagree with you is that it's not a good show. It is it's compelling. Like if you were to tell somebody what's happening in the show, it sounds like a really good show. So it's just something about it that's not clicking, but that watching her get completely dolled up, like putting on the the eyelashes, getting her hair done, makeup, everything to go to the doctor to 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 find out that she's has this progressed cancer and that she's going to die but like there's just something about that that's like you know it's that whole controlling what you can control and accepting what you can't and like well i'm gonna i'm i feel terrible and i'm going to die but i'm gonna look my best doing it there's just something interesting to me uh, about all of that so i find like her character impressive in a way and i do i'm interested and of course because she's she's going to die she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna bury the hatchet i don't want my last days to be about this this and this which is why she gets up in slim shit about all of it so i i find it fascinating and just i wish it clicked in a better way uh no i disagree the show is not called bury the hatchet it's called feud and we're only halfway through the <laughs> season and she's wrapping the feud up there's plenty of swans for him to to yell Ugh. oh by the way what are you ramping this up because lee told you he likes it when we go back and forth in fights now we're gonna disagree <laughs> on everything he said he likes it when i drink he didn't say he likes it when we fight <laughs> he's at home right now getting ready to prep in dinner thinking oh no mom and dad are fighting again he's like jeremy hit him <laughs> Hit him in the face. I know you like that. He's telling his friends. He's telling his friends, you know, I really only like the podcast when Jeremy punches Rick in the face in the middle of the show. Well, you have to pay to see that because that's what the the videos are for the people that pay. We are opening a Patreon. You send us money and we will punch you. Um, So, yeah, uh, another thing, uh, they are, uh, Capote wants to revive, uh, do another black and white ball. Um, so he meets with Babe and because uh, that episode was so much fun. I Let's know, right? do another and uh, CZ, uh, who have uh, both uh, are going to forgive Capote. The whole show is going back and forth. Slim does not want to forgive him, and everyone else is like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll you okay." <laughs> She's. I, I will tell you. I decided that um, I was going to start drinking caffeine again. Not. On a regular basis, but just when we do the podcast, because I feel like sometimes I get a little sleepy and yawning. 
So yeah. I'm like, ah, just have me. So she was getting me another Red Bull, but it was taking a while. It was kind of cracking me up. <laughs> I think she didn't want to make noise, but nobody can hear you. We, you could talk right now. Nobody would be able to nope. hear you. Everybody thinks Rick is having a conversation with himself right now. Which is probably mm-hmm. true because, you know, I've had... 12 ounces of yeah. caffeine that I'm not used to. Um, so uh, it's interesting because in this episode we find out Slim is uh, feeling the need to defend mostly Babe against, you know, Truman did you wrong. And then we find out that it's all guilt. She's a guilty little swan. I can't believe it. That's the other note I have. Because Slim is a fucking Babe's husband. Why? I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll tell you what. This is why I... Again, I love the women in this cast. And at the end of, maybe it was foreshadowing, right? Probably at the end of episode three, when they're talking to Calista Flockhart's character. And she's like, well, you know, it's tough being a woman. You know, even your your sister will try to steal your man. And then the very next episode, you find out that Slim is, you know. Yeah. How do you have sex? <laughs> How do you have sex with your best friend's husband and then have lunch every day like nothing's going on? Yeah, um, probably because you're soulless. Yeah, there you go. As the swans are. No swans have bueno, souls? Slim. That's what I said. No bueno, Slim. Um, so uh, we do, uh, this is the early in the episode, which is the only thing that burst bursted my energy up to be able to get through this. Um, Did it get punched? Truman is talking with, uh, with John, and he says the wrong thing again. And he gets punched in the face, and John's like, stand up, and he's like, Truman doesn't want to get hit, and he's like, please don't hit me again, baby, please. <laughs> and he's like, you know, all being John. Um, so it go, they go back to the restaurant, and Slim sees Truman there, and uh, we see he's got a black eye. Uh, poor, poor Truman. And Slim says, I'm going to sue you for defamation. And they're... It's the weirdest thing because when rich, classy people argue, it's not like that shit you see on Twitter, like you know, like the poors do, where you beat each other in the street, or like it's, Real Housewives where they flip tables. Yeah, it's very passive aggressive, and they're very friendly and smile and like, "Don't you look nice? I'm gonna sue you!" And oh my god, someone punched you in the face! How <laughs> lovely! And uh, it's just very condescending and passive aggressive, um, which I think this world could use a little more of. Yeah. Um, so Slim leaves and Jack is there when Truman gets back to his table. Jack is the older gentleman whom, I mean, and they have this conversation in this episode. I don't know what you would call them. Uh, partners, uh, best friends who used to date. I don't know. But, uh, Jack basically tells him, um, I'm going to disappear and go away and you will never see me again. If you don't go to rehab, get yourself straightened up. So Truman's like, um, Okay, I'm gonna rehab. And then he's like, goes to take a drink, and it's orange juice. And he goes, "Inches for my vitamin C." And he sniffs it, and he's like, "It's got Bacardi in your vitamin C. No more alcohol." So he agrees to go to rehab. He said, "Yes, yes, yes." Will you, will you look up who who's the actor that plays Jack, and what else has he been in? Because I like him, and I know that I've seen him in something. I have the thing listed here. Jack is Joe Montello. Oops, that's I hit the wrong button. I almost feel like he was in um like Titanic. He was in the normal heart. That's probably what you know him from. He was also in Angels of America. Angels in America. Hmm. But on stage. Oh, okay. I did not see it on stage. 
That's like a that's an that's a a commitment to watch Angels in America on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he was Ned Weeks in the Normal Heart. I'm guessing that's where you know I'm from. Mm. Um. So anyway, so uh, he goes to rehab. Um, CJ or CZ and um, Mrs. Carson, uh, Johnny Carson's wife, Molly Ringwald, Molly Ringwald's character, come and see him, and um, they have a little back and forth. Truman is having sex with somebody in the in the rehab, um, who, according to Truman, um, is very well hung. <laughs> so good for him, I guess. Um, so he comes out of rehab. He's like, I'm ready. I'm going to start uh, writing, and everything's going to be great. And Jack's like, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, thank you. You're my best friend. I love you. And then turns around, Jack comes in, and he's back in bed with John Boy. What is John? Have you seen photos of John in real life? Yes. He's from something. Like, he was in, um, I think he was in one of those uh, CW shows. Um, Russell Tovey? Um, Oh, he was in Looking. He was in Looking. Who did he play in Looking? He played. Um, no, I mean, like, no, no, no. I'm at, like the person, John. Not the what? actor that plays him. Oh. But the person. I don't know what the real person looks like. Well, I'm just curious as to what the appeal for this guy is in Capote. Like, what's the appeal? John or Capote? Why is John keep going back to Capote? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I just maybe imagine. That's some, maybe that's I mean, some good ass. It, I don't know. <laughs> it would have to be the best. I mean, some people just want to be around celebrities. And I mean, he has a celebrity. He's a celebrity at this time point. So uh, I'm guessing that's what it is. Um, I'm going to go with that's some good ass. That's some good ass. <laughs> um so um, Slim ends up having lunch with uh, Callista Flockhart, the Kennedy sister. And Kennedy's sister's basically like, listen, stop with the whole Capote b- bashing. Let him be. Um, oh, and stop fucking Babe's husband. You know, just do those two things. That's all. We- As friends, stop trying to ruin one, one of your friends and stop fucking one of your friend's husbands. It's really not a big ask. No, no, I didn't think so. She was like, ah. Uh, fine. <laughs> um, she basically was like, "Oh, I know. I have to stop screwing her husband. I know. I know. Do I? Yeah, yeah." Um. So, uh, Babe uh, is talking with Slim, and um, or I'm sorry, talking to her husband, and um, she's like, "I'm going to f- forgive Truman, and we're going to go to his ball." And she goes, um, "I also know that you are having sex with Slim." And she's like, I think it's okay. Listen, I'm going to die soon. And she's a good woman to be with. You you could do worse. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> and um, he's like, um, okay. And uh, so she's like, I'm happy for you. Um, so then they dance. It's been a while since we've been treated to one of these. But when you have enough, when you have enough wine, you start to do reenactments. Oh, do I? <laughs> And they're really, like, you paraphrase complete scenes, and yeah. I love it. So um, thank you for that. We don't have a full hour to talk about Truman and his swan, so I have to condense it. So some of these scenes, and maybe that's the problem with the show. Some of these scenes are drawn out and longer. Yes. Um, but then they dance, um, and uh, 
Um, everything seems to like, you know, Babe's forgiven everybody. Slim's not going to harass Truman anymore. And it seems like everything's fine. So Truman comes back to his apartment and John's daughter is there. Um, or she, she comes up as he's getting Chinese food. And uh, she's like, can I talk to you? And he's like, oh, come in, it's fine. And um, she's like, he's like, are you here to hit me? <laughs> she's like, no. What if she did? Yeah, that was, <laughs> what if she, what if she punched him and she's like, get me a job, bitch? That would be great. Ah, uh, uh, anything to slap Truman around. <laughs> um, so she's like, you know, listen, you took my father out of our house, and I can't thank you enough because the way he treats you, that's how he is with everybody, and we don't like having him there because he's abusive. So um, he's like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> She's like, I want you to give me a job. And so he's like, you could be a model and uh, gives her a notebook. And he says, when you're not in between modeling jobs, he goes, right. And she's like, what? And he goes, everything, everything you hear, everything you see, write it down. <laughs> That's how he made his living. Um, so he's taking her to meet uh, a modeling agency or an agent or something. And uh, he sees Babe on the street and he goes over to her. And they have this touching moment. She's like, I was thinking of buying that. Oh, no. She's looking at a dress in a shop window. And he's like, you should mind the dress. And she's like, I was thinking of getting it for your, for your ball. And he's like, oh, we're not going to do that now. And she's like, oh, that's a shame. I was going to come to it. And they just kind of like stare at each other. And uh, he's like, you can still get the dress in the beautiful dress. And uh, she's like, no, 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 I might do that. And um, then they embrace, and she's like, you know, it reminded well, me I'm a little sad. of a non-musical version of For Good from Wicked. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, we've done each other wrong. And he's like, I hope you have a happy life. And uh, she's like, you too. And then they walk away, and she blows a kiss to him. Roll the credits. End of episode four. We have four more episodes. Where's the damn feud? I'm a little sad. Are you? Because your reenactment of that scene was actually the entire scene <laughs> and not paraphrased. <laughs> no. Uh, but that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, I, I agree. I'm thinking something's going to happen, right? Like something's going to happen. Something's got to like Because that could have been the end of the series. Yeah. It could have been a so, four-part series. So I'm thinking like... I don't know. I, I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about the swans. No. I'm just going to assume, based on the end of episode three and the fact that they haven't really touched on his relationship with Callista Flockhart's character, that I'm going to guess some big thing happens between them. Yeah. And that she is what his downfall is because she has the power to, to do it. And she's the smartest, I think of all of them. Yeah. Now I will say next week's, the episode is called the secret inner lives of swans. So I think we're going to maybe look at how they became the swans. Maybe I will say it is the first episode that is not directed by Gus Van Sant. So the first four were directed by Gus. Oh, look at us saying that it wasn't, it didn't have good direction and he had directed all of those yeah. episodes. So we can like, <laughs> He's um, talented for he sure. Is, but just... he also, as I as when we first started watching this, he has some amazing movies. He also is the one who gave us that horrendous psycho remake with Vince Vaughn. So oh, he right. is capable of trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we mean that in a good way. Who doesn't love trash? You know what I mean? Like, if we ever get to meet you, we don't want you to be mad at us for not liking these four episodes. You can't like everything somebody does. That's right. I love milk and goodwill hunting. 
if that's not good enough for Gus, then I don't know what is. I, I'm like, you drink milk while you watch Goodwill Hunting? What's wrong with, like, why is that a thing? It's a TikTok trend. I like milk and blonde Oreos. But you go on with your Goodwill Hunting. I love it. Um, so, yeah, so that episode uh, is going to be directed by somebody else. Then he comes back for Hats, Gloves, and Affet Homosexuals. That's the title of episode six. Jennifer like all Lynch those comes things. in. For episode seven, and then Gus Van Sant wraps it up with episode eight, Phantasm Forgiveness. So we've got four more episodes. I don't know what else they're going to do. Only I there's like, only eight? There's only eight. I feel like I, I heard there were 11 episodes somewhere. No, there's only eight. Okay, good. So we, don't, we only got four more to go. Well, that's not so bad. Uh, I mean, good. is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we'll keep watching. I mean, I've never wanted For the Love of Dilfs to start. So fast <laughs> as when we started covering this show every week. It's uh it it's a hard it's a hard watch. I will say what not only did I enjoy season one of Feud, but watching this, if I go back and watch season one, I'm just gonna appreciate it all that more. I mean this season one was good, but this makes can it you look watch it? Can you watch? Because uh, I know there's, I think it has to do with the Hillary Clinton election that there's like the the queer community kind of took a step away from Susan Sarandon. Right. Yeah, is that I, what it was about? I think part of it has just been her. She was a, she's an Uber Bernie bro. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, her, cause she wasn't in the, the Republican or the democratic primary of if Hillary wins, we should all support her. She basically said, if you don't pick Bernie, you deserve Trump. And I hope you get him. And, Kick mm. dirt in people's careful, eye. Careful what you hope for. And then she slapped people. She went around Capodian people, <laughs> just punching wasn't them that, all in the face. That wasn't just Joey Tribbiani. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, friends reference. Yeah, very nice. So, um, yeah. So, so you you can still watch her stuff and be fine watching it. Yes, I am absolutely the kind of person who can separate the art from the assholes who make it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this, I think, early on in the podcast because yeah. we were talking about Mel Gibson and. It's just like that movie, The Patriot. Yeah. I just, I really like that movie. And I get that he's, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll still go, I still watch Conspiracy Theory. I'll still watch the Lethal Weapon movies. But I recognize that outside of those characters, that they're terrible people. I can't stomach Lethal Weapon anymore. I loved it as a kid. But you know what? I've just decided that type of character that he played in the, like, in Conspiracy Theory and in Lethal Weapons, I'm just like, "Mm." mm. I love it. I watch him all the time. He needs his meds. Give him his meds. I like him in other things. Yeah. Patriot's good movie. Ransom. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Ransom was good. Um, yeah, Patriot's good. Ransom's good. He wasn't in. He just directed, right? Uh, was it Apocalypse or Apocalypto or something? Apocalypto. He also directed Passion of the Christ. I watched Apocalypto. I kind of like that. Yeah. Did you ever see Passion of the Christ? For the for as a movie, I'm not saying believe whatever you want to believe, but as a movie, it's a very well made movie. Um, it's very it's a very powerful, interesting, violent movie. Yeah, the Methodist Church ruined shows about Jesus for me. <laughs> the Methodist Church did. <laughs> I told you about that, like when I went to that 
that that that show it like it was um it was just church there was like some play and i'm like i like plays in theater i'm gonna go watch it and there was like this scene where there were these two girls in high school and they're like oh my god we're like best friends i'm gonna do this like jeremy would oh, we're like best friends. i love you so much i love you too we're friends i'm only listening if one of them is capote <laughs> and, then, and then they're like oh let's get in our car and let's drive to this thing it's so much fun and they get in their car and there's like a car accident oh, and they both no. die oh and one's like oh my gosh i can't believe we're dead and then like these angel spirits are around her and she's like yay we get to go to heaven and then all of a sudden this dark figure comes out and is like you're going to hell with me and grabs the one and she's like i'm so sorry you didn't accept jesus as your lord and savior and now you're gonna go to hell forever bye and then i was petrified it was like eight years old or something like that and I'm sitting there in like the the balcony. It's a big church, <laughs> the front row balcony, and and they were like, you know, you just watch these friends getting like, no, I'm gonna miss you forever, and I I'm so sorry. I mean, it's too late. You can't accept him now. And then so then somebody picks up a microphone and says, who wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I stood up on that chair, raised my hands in the air, and I said, I do. I didn't want that. I didn't want to die in a car accident and I get dragged away. Now that is very traumatizing. However. Passion of the Christ has a better prov- production value and a, and a lot more talent. So I think you might enjoy that movie over. Um, so what you're saying is they're not the same. I, I think I, I didn't see yours. <laughs> I didn't see yours. So I can't be certain. But I think Oscar winning director, actor Mel Gibson might <laughs> make a better movie than uh, Cindy Lou Who and uh, Drag You to Hell Bambi. Uh, in uh, in the stage production of when Satan met Sally, <laughs> what the hell it was called? <laughs> I don't know. Drag you to hell, Bambi, and when Satan met Sally sound like movies I would watch. <laughs> Did you ever see Drag Me to Hell? There's a movie called Drag Me to Hell from Sam Raimi. So good. It's a horror movie, but it's campy horror. So oh. good. No. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we get, we we got lost there and yes, and and thought anyway. Um, I think we were talking about Kabodi and we were done. Feud. We're done with feud. Yeah, we're done with feud. Uh, I mean, we're gonna watch it. We'll keep, you know, we'll jump in. For we'll keep five hacking minutes, at it. See if it gets better. Um, but so, but then but we saw something. <sighs> it's so refreshing sometimes to just see something and and fall in love with it. Yes. Um, so we watched uh, in our, uh, our, our weeks uh, leading up to the Oscars, trying to watch all the queer themed uh, and queer charactered films uh, that are nominated for Oscars. We watched American Fiction, um, uh, which was based off of the 2001 uh, Percival Everett novel Erasure. Didn't read the book. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, but based on the movie, it sounds like it was a good book. So good, good, good for you, Percival. Um, I'm curious, though. I liked this so much that I mm-hmm. might want to read the book and see. Yeah. It's just, it's one of these shows that like not to, I don't want to give away the ending. I don't think because we're going to talk about it, but you know, it's just, it's so clever and it's mm-hmm. so well done that there is a, there is a, a movie within the book and the movie and the book have the same theme and it's just in, in a totally different light. It's just so interesting to me. So yeah. it would be, it's one of the best endings I've seen in a long time for a movie. Um, so I don't want to give it away cause it's still relatively new. People are going to see it leading up to the Oscars. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of things in it. And then I just want to ask you, uh, well, no, we'll, we'll hold that off. Um, 
Just to show the comparison of um, of Capote, here's all the notes that I took about the show that I love so much. Three pages worth. We don't have to talk about all of them, but... Um, So, uh, just to give a brief overview, um, the movie is written and directed uh, by Cord Jefferson, who is a queer filmmaker. Um, He... This is his feature film directorial debut, but he... Really? Yes. First thing he's written for for film, but he is a prolific television writer. Um, He wrote for The Good Place, um, which is an amazing show, Um, and he won an Emmy for writing The Watchmen uh, on HBO, and he started his career as a journalist. So, oh, look at that! I mean, there's there's hope for you yet, Jeremy. <laughs> queer journalists who write TVs and movies. There's no better writers. <laughs> um, uh, but it stars Jeffrey Wright, um, who you might know from West, Angels in America, Westworld. Westworld. Um, he he played the he was the like the asshole congressman. Mm. In Rustin, right? Yes, yes. And I find that fascinating. It made me want to ask you this question: Has it happened often that somebody is in a in multiple movies nominated for for Best Picture? Um, yes, yes. In fact, I want to say Timothy Chalamet was in three of them, either last year or the year before. Oh, because he was in um, Lady Bird. The, the year he did, la- he was in Lady Bird. He was in Call Me by uh, Your Name. Call Me by Your Name. I, were those the same year? I don't know. I don't know. He was in Little Woman, Little Women. Oh, yeah. He was in Dune. I think those two were nominated the same year. Um, so, yeah. And there's been actors and actresses who have gotten a Best Actor and a Best Supporting Actor or a Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress in the same year. You know, Timothy Chalamet better watch out or he'll have that Paul Rudd effect. The what? You, you can't be in everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon people will get tired of you. It's true. It happened. Because <laughs> um, you never watched that series that he was in where he was a clone. No, I haven't that was, watched that. It yet. was pretty good. I liked it. Um, but so Jeffrey Wright plays Monk, who is a black author and a college professor who lives in L.A. Um, and he basically, he's upset with the way that black characters are portrayed in books. Um, he does not care for stereotypes. He thinks that everything is just written to... Um, placate to the white man to make these, uh, what do they call them? Um, trauma porn. To make, uh, right. write up these trauma porn so that white people can release their white guilt. Yeah, you know, and what's interesting, like what I really like about that, like his writing style is that he he just writes, but it's kind of like when we talk about, I don't want to see a movie, I don't want to see like gay trauma porn I want to see a movie that is that is just about everyday life. It just happens to be about gay yeah. people. It's not about the gay story. And so that's what his books were. In fact, there's like this whole scene where he goes to the, the bookstore book yeah. to look for his books. And they're in um, African-American studies. And he's like, why is this in African-American studies? It's not. A, I mean, it's not about that. It's It's just. Yeah. So he, yeah, the line he, he says, "The blackest thing about this book is the ink." Yeah, yeah. and then he takes all the books <laughs> and moves and them. Moves them, and the the poor kid is like, "I'm I'm just gonna have." He's to like, move "Why them are back. they here?" And he goes, they, "We're we're a chain. They tell us where to put them." And yeah, he's like, "I'm just gonna put them back." And uh, it's funny because well, there's a there's a book. This is what kind of triggers him off. Is there's a book that uh, it comes out, um, and the title of the book. <laughs> is Weez lives in the ghetto. 
and uh, it's written by uh, Centara Golden, who's played by um, uh, Issa Rae, who uh, was on HBO. She has a show on HBO that the name escapes me right now. Um, but uh, he's kind of triggered off by this, and he sees her book throughout the movie. Like, he's at the bookstore, and he sees a stand with her book. Yeah, and he's triggered. he's triggered by it because he can't get people to buy his novel like he can't get his novel he wrote a novel and he, it will get published because the 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 publishers want black want black they want it to be they want a black story and and he's like well this is a story he's like i'm black and i wrote this and they're like no it needs so what it what it is um is that his frustration is that white publishers want books like Wee's lives in the ghetto and not, you know, stories. Um, I wouldn't say well, well written, but you know, sophisticated stories like he writes. They don't. They don't want that. And so that's kind of the the gist of the storyline is his rebelling against that, which is super clever how they do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a perfect example, I think, of what he's talking about is uh, in the uh, later on in the movie, he's watching. Um, uh, he has the TV on. And it's the WHN network, which when you look at it, looks like the white network. Um, and I think it's supposed to be like a takeoff of Lifetime. And it says Black Story Month on WHN, celebrating the diversity of African-American experiences. And I don't recognize all of the films they show, but these are three of them. And they're all in line with this. Precious Bo Boys in the Hood and 12 Years a Slave. So it's all that kind of trauma porn of slavery and drugs and being um, on the streets and those wire or homicide type stories, um, those are the ones that they want him to write. And that's just not, wasn't his experience. So he doesn't write that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if I could just draw this parallel and I'm not equivocating the two communities, I'm just drawing a parallel. It's about, it's like how um, in bros, what's his name that did bros? <clears throat> Billy, Billy, um, Billy Eilish. No, no. Billy Elliot. No, wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner. Billy on the streets. Yeah. Um, that that he said that you know straight people love tormented gay people. Mm -hmm. So like you know your Tom Hanks in um, Philadelphia is going to win an Oscar and and all the like the, the stories they want are the stories of our of our trauma and when we just want a story like. Uh, our son or something like that so it was i mean i find i, I found that interesting but um can i just point out like the open like i knew from the first second this movie started that i was gonna love it because the, where he was teaching in the classroom i hate this girl i hate there are so many people like this and i see this all the time and this i i, I may i this is one of the life lessons i live by you cannot be more offended than the group of people whom are supposed to be offended by something. Right. Um, so, yeah, it opens with him. He's teaching class, and he's got the title of a book written on on the board. And it's got the N-word. Yeah, it has the N-word in it. And, and she's this, like, you, please do this like German Capote. <laughs> oh, excuse me. She, oh. <laughs> Can you just take the word down? <clears throat> this white young fragile girl is triggered by the word that the black man wrote on the board and she's pushing back on him and she's like you need to remove that from the board it's triggering and offensive he says 
He says, I got over it. I'm pretty sure you can too. Yeah. I was like, yes. Um, so he they they have the little confrontation, then they cut to the classroom door, and she comes running out in tears. And I was like, Good for you. Good for <laughs> you, monk. Yeah. You know, the and then he gets in trouble for being angry. Yeah. You know, the the um yeah, it, it, I, I don't know exactly how to say this, but it's just it's one thing that I love about this movie in general. It's just that, you know, <laughs> this guy doesn't exist to appease your guilt. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to conform to a certain way. You know, it, it's just like it, it reminds me of the scene from A League of Their Own when we were watching that. And the two the two black factory worker girls were there and then these white people were coming close to them. And so they kind of like the I forget who who she was, but she was like the heavier set of the two looked at the other girl who was the pitcher for the softball team or the baseball team. And she was like, here, you know, here come these here come these white people stand up straight. Watch what you say and that kind of thing. And I, I found that so annoying you know, that people of color don't exist in this world to appease white people. And all of this, this whole movie is about the only way they can get success is appeasing white people. It makes me crazy. But at least in this movie, it, you know, that's what the joke of it was. Yeah. So anyway, that's why I didn't like that girl. I was like, that man doesn't exist to appease you or your guilt. Like, it just makes me crazy. Uh yeah yeah I just don't care for young people, so yeah I get that and I don't you know <laughs> I don't find that this movie is just like it is <laughs> it is sort of like look how ridiculous white people are being yeah and and it's because in a lot of situations white people are ridiculous when it comes to issues of race yeah so it's okay to look at this you know if you're white and you listen to this and you're like oh great a white hating movie. No, it's like you should be able to look at it and and see, okay, don't be like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie definitely paints that the most offended person in a situation where a black person is being attacked is the white person watching it. And it's it is it's obnoxious and annoying to watch. It's like, listen, you don't have to fight everyone's fight. And uh, it it reminds me of a Twitter uh, scrolling through Twitter or uh, TikTok. And it's just video after video of white people um, angry about all the things that are happening to... There's this one video, in fact, where um, a guy is asking... It's around Halloween that I saw this. And they're asking about... um, They have a friend who dressed up in a sombrero, and they had maracas, and they were dressed as a Mexican. And they're asking these white people at a college, um, is this okay? It was a white guy. And they're like, no, that's cultural appropriation. That guy, that is the worst thing that that guy could ever do in his life. And then he went to um, the uh, Spanish neighborhood in, uh, it was LA that he was in, and showed the picture to Spanish people. And they loved it. They thought it was the cutest thing. And they're like, oh, he's, you know, he's embracing our culture. That's awesome. And that just feeds into what I'm saying. You cannot be more offended than the people whom you are trying to defend. If it does not offend them, you don't have to go on this tirade of trying to um, explain why you're a terrible, horrible person Um, because you're white, too. (laughs) We're all terrible white people. So, (laughs) 
anyway, I get annoyed, particularly with the gay thing, where people try to say, oh, my God, you shouldn't talk about gay people like that. I was like, well, some of us are annoying, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, I always said that about uh, Modern Family when mm-hmm. it came out, because people there were there was a group of people who were upset that Cam was really flamboyant. Yeah. And I was like, what are you upset about? Like, there are tons of flamboyant gay people in the world. Like, he's that's who he is. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. okay to let people be who they are. Yeah, yeah. Did I agree. you um? Did you like the the? So um, I will say that one of the characters in it was played by Diana Ross's um daughter, Tracy Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish. From Blackish. <laughs> That's how I know her. I had no idea that was Diana Ross's daughter. <laughs> really? I had no idea. <laughs> I know she's in Blackish. Um, when when she picks up like so monk comes into town cuz he yeah. loses his he doesn't lose his job he, he gets, gets placed he, on a, a leave of absence much like yeah. ross did for being angry yes <laughs> in friends ross got a leave of absence for being angry so that's like what this guy did and so he goes home to to be with his family um in like Boston. his brothers and sisters his brother sister and and mom and she picks him up from the airport or he no he goes and meets her at her work and they're driving home together and she says um something about that that Roe versus Wade joke, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. And I I could I didn't write it all down, so I couldn't do it justice. But yeah. it was hilarious. It's yeah, it's it's about swimming and rowing. Oh, you're versus in wading. you're in a you're in a rowboat. Yeah, and um something about the you're stuck in this in this rowboat and you've got this six hundred pair of this six hundred dollar pair of shoes on and you know what does that have to do with the law? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, Well, it's a, it's, it's a row versus Wade. Whether you row the boat away or wade in the water in your expensive six hundred dollars shoes, it made me laugh. You got to watch it to get it. It's I funnier guess. when Diane Ross's granddaughter, sister, daughter, niece, daughter. I think it's her daughter. Um, also, in this movie, if you were a fan of This Is Us, you'll be happy to see um, Sterling not, K. Brown. I don't want to know you. Oh, um, Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> Is uh, is in this? He plays Cliff, who is uh, Monk's brother, and um, he is currently separated from his wife because she walked in on him having sex with a man. Um, so there's the gangle for yeah. for us to talk about this. You know, I would <laughs> the. I feel like uh, this is another way that I appreciate this movie is that there was sort of this whole like I think in every aspect of of any subsection of people. There, there were stereotypes, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, like with the <laughs> when they with that literary award group, the the white lady from Brooklyn. Yeah. <sighs> you know, and then and then so and then in, for for gay people, like he was a caricature of a gay person. I mean, like, of course, he just comes out or he just discovers that he's gay and it's all about hard bodies, sex and drugs, drugs and, yeah. and sex and skimpy little bathing suits. Which was kind, of, which was kind of funny because, um, like he's at the house and he's got these guys at the beach house that the whole family owns, and he thinks that nobody's going to be there, and then they all show up, and he's got these two guys in skimpy little bathing suits, and he's like, "Oh crap!" And they were like, "No, cocaine all like, on the table." There was there was a wedding. They're all like, "No, stay, come to the wedding." And so they go to the wedding, and they all had on. They managed to find nice shirts to wear. But at the wedding, they're still wearing the skimpy bathing suits. For some reason, that cracked me up. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Cliff um, refers to his taken a lover. Um, oh, and that cracked me up because uh, Monk did not like 
the phrasing of taken a lover. Yeah, he said, I've taken a lover. And, he, and then Monk rolls his eyes and he's like, he goes, oh, don't be offended that I've taken a lover. He's like, he goes, I'm not offended you've taken a lover. I'm offended you call it that. <laughs> Which was funny. Oh, and there was another gay character in there. I'm assuming. So that maybe this is me just making assumptions. But there's a there's a funeral scene, mm-hmm. and they're on the beach and they're spreading the ashes. And the, the one of the neighbors walks by and he stops and he's wearing like like the he's got a button up shirt and a sweater over it, all tied in the front. He's like like the whitest gay person that you could. Oh, that see, you could I come didn't see up. him as gay. I just saw him as like uppity. Oh really? Because I, I felt like he was like saying like because I think I feel like he gay gasped at some point and clutched his pearls, which is why I I would have thought that. Um, but he's like, mm, do you have a permit for this? Yeah, oh, because like, they're spreading ashes like, on like, the beach. Who yeah. in the middle of somebody's funeral, this moment where they're spreading the ashes of their loved one in the beach, that you're gonna stop in the middle of their funeral and say, do you have yeah. a permit? White people who feel like they have to insert themselves into every situation. How much did you like Lorraine? Lorraine, oh, I love Lorraine. I love Lorraine. Uh, Lorraine is a is wonderful. Um, and uh, she she's the one who gets married. Yeah, she uh, plays to Maynard. She's, she's sort of she's the I don't know how she's the housekeeper. She's a housekeeper. Yeah, uh, but she cooks. She does all the stuff. She's like part of the family. She's been with them forever. Yeah, and she kind of takes care of the mom and and does all this. She's fantastic. Um, she, do you know her from anything else? She's been in I a don't. lot of stuff. Um, she. I, I looked her up and I can't like specifically remember anything at the moment. Let me see if I wrote it down. Um, but she's been in a lot of things that, that, um, that have gotten recognition, but I don't remember her in them. So she probably played smaller characters, but I hope she has a huge career after yeah. this. I thought she was great in this. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so the premise of the movie, I don't know if we've even gotten into this part is, uh, because Monk is so, uh, frustrated with uh, these stories that uh, his publisher wants him to write, is he decides to write the most over-the-top, stereotypical, quote-unquote, black story for the publishers that they that they want um, as a joke to say, oh, this is what you want, well, here's some crap. And they love it. They love this book. It's called, what did he call it? My... What he originally called it. Pathology... P-A-F-O-L-O-G-Y. Yeah. Um, but then when he sees that they like that title, later on he asks them to change it to fuck. And he's... <laughs> because he's annoyed. Yes, he's very annoyed that they like this He's book. He's like he's been a writer for many years, and he's got a couple of novels, but he's never reached like mega success. So all of a sudden, this book becomes multi-million dollars for him. Yeah, they he's given $750,000 up front for the advance on the book. It gets picked up. A movie producer wants to give him $4 million to turn it into a right. movie. And so he's annoyed by this. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to put it into this. And the only way to put it into it is to request something outrageous. So he says, I want to call the movie Fuck. Yeah. And they, well, the, he wants to call the book Fuck. Oh, and right. they say, we need a second. And then they come back and they're like, we love it. <laughs> um, so he can't, he can't do anything um, to derail the amazing bestseller that the book fuck is. Um, he's seeing a girl who uh, lives across the street from uh, his parents' beach house. Um, uh, her name is uh, Coraline. Um, and she's reading the book and she loves the book and that sets him off and they have a fight. Um, and then it leads into a series of events um, where the book is nominated for a literary award. Um 
and we won't go past that because you need to watch this movie and see what happens. Yeah. I just want to I want to say this without giving anything away. So there's this committee of people who are. Um, picking this, the books who are for picking this award. the book yeah. for this award, and it's this prestigious award that this guy has wanted forever, and he's never been given it. But because it's the 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 award in the voting is much like the Golden Globes, where it has this reputation of being not diverse. So they they call him up and say, "We're trying to be more diverse. We want you to be a judge." So it's he's the judge and then then the other black author in this movie becomes the other judge, the one who wrote the Weez um yeah, the uh, Isra Isra Ray's uh, Isa Ray's uh, character. Yeah. Um and so it's the two of them and then it's three white people. Like one one sort of like what 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 you can imagine is a like probably a MAGA person or who's tired of wokeness. Mm. And then there's, you know, then there's the girl from Brooklyn who is the essence of wokeness. And then there's this guy that's sort of in between. So there's this scene where they're discussing which books, like what, what makes a good book. And it's, it's just, it's so telling because there's two people of color in the room saying, don't pick this book. And there's three white people saying that you have to pick this book because it's essential to listen to black voices while they're not listening to the black voices that are in the room. And I just thought that to me was is like the essence of the show. And I thought that was very clever. And I love the way I love the ending. So you got to watch the watch it um, because the how clever this all is about this joke that becomes a big thing carries on into the ending of this show in such a clever way that I, I thought it was really great. But I, and I will say that no, of, the other thing that just kind of struck me as, I don't know what the word is, just interesting or another way to drive home the point of this movie at the very end, he's, he's in a car driving away and he's, He's on a he's on a set of a film mm-hmm. and he's driving away and sitting on the set of the film is somebody who He's an actor dressed as a slave reading his script. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 in a in a movie that's called <clears throat> Plantation Annihilation, which is a whole other crazy thing about this film. Um so I just thought it's just so clever, it's so brilliant, it's so well written and so well directed and so well acted. I I mean it's it's obvious why it's up for an Oscar. Yeah. Five, in fact. It is up for five Oscars, um, including Best Picture, including Best Actor for Jeffrey Wright, including Best Supporting Actor for Sterling K. Brown. Uh, and the one award that it probably will win, because I don't think it's going to win um, any of the acting or Best Picture, um, but it's probably going to win um, Best Screenplay. And it should. It's a great screenplay. Is it adaptation? Adapt- it's an, a Best Adapted Screenplay. Is that what Anatomy of a Fall is up for as well? No. Anatomy of Fall is up for original screenplay. Oh, well, and good. those are the then two they movies can that both will, win. Then they probably will. <laughs> um, I will say, we'll go on record now. Those are the two that will win the screenwriting uh, Oscars. Yeah, it is. It is one of the. It it just really is is great. You're really put into the mind of this main character for this whole movie, and it is worth the watch. I mean, it is. Yeah, we had to pay. <laughs> We we'll judge on the amount of money we had to spend because it's not available to rent until after yes, it's March. Still in, something. It's still in theaters. Um yeah. and but it is video on demand, uh Fandango 
on demand uh, on uh, Amazon, Amazon or Vudu, wherever you get movies. Um, but uh, it is available for purchase for nineteen ninety nine, which we each purchased a copy and totally worth it. Yeah, totally uh, worth it. I will it. definitely watch this again. So great movie. Uh, yes. So what do we do? We decided what we're doing next week. I believe we're going to do Poor Things next week, which is another Oscar nominated movie. I believe it has ten Oscar nominations. Uh, it our... just won five BAFTAs. BAFTAs were last night. Um, oh my uh, gosh! How did you decide between the BAFTAs and People's Choice Awards? Oh, I don't think that was a hard choice at all. <laughs> did you Did you watch anything about the People's Choices? No, I don't I, really care for People's Choices. I don't care what the people think. I care <laughs> no. what the British people think. Um, and uh, it was kind of all this the the stuff that you thought Oppenheimer won Best Picture, Best Director. Um, but uh, American Fiction won uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Anatomy of Fall won Best Original Screenplay. So, you know, the Brits know how to pick movies. So, we are do- so we're doing poor things. We're doing poor things. I uh, cannot wait for you to see this movie. Uh, I... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what I think of this movie, but I can't wait for you to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna turn my air conditioner down to like 60 degrees and nothing watch it to combat how I feel. It's nothing filmed. that happens this week will give me more joy than knowing you are watching this <laughs> film. <laughs> I'll text you when I go to watch it. Okay, uh, but until then, um, uh, the cork it's uh, it's back in the bottle. <laughs>